What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Heart God Media. We have uh, some live in-studio co-hosting going on today. We have Brian C. Tyler here, and we're talking prom night and prom night two. Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. And uh, we're going to talk both films. A little follow-up as it's prom season, and we just covered a non-horror movie in 1985, Just One of the Guys. And that was fun. Brian was couldn't. It? Brian couldn't be a part of that one. Um, That's so fucked up. <laughs> you couldn't. Um, and Sean's gonna be popping in with his commentary as he is not a fan of either film. I'm a fan of Prom Night One, but I haven't seen it in like ten years. Okay, good. Do you not like Prom Night Two, or have you just not? I've really never seen it. it. Okay. Thank God. So it was a. I've never seen it in full, so it was a first time full watch through for me. Be albeit, albeit a lot of interruptions from Ripley the dog, Sean, Letty and Bridget. No. But regardless, so this is prom night. Obviously, title uh, lets on nothing, leaves nothing to the imagination. It culminates in prom night. Uh, so if you could, Brian. Tell me the first time you saw Prom Night ever in your life. So I was in like fifth or sixth. Well, I was about to be in fifth or sixth grade. And I found Prom Night on VHS at Walmart. And I had already heard of it from Scream. Scream basically. So they referenced it and you backtracked. Yeah, like basically Kevin Williamson sent me like a secret message through Scream that was like, hey, you should check out Prom Night. Right. So I did. And I remember, because I started it the night before my first day of 5th or 6th grade, and then I finished it that morning before school. Nice. Or I watched a little more before school, finished it after, maybe, I don't know. So, yeah, around that time. Nice. Basically yeah. 45 years ago. Now, in your eyes, you know, where does this... This has got to be one of the most quintessential prom movies, aside from, say, Carrie, which isn't necessarily a prom movie, but it culminates in prom. So this is, like, probably the most quintessential prom horror movie that there is, for sure, obviously. Well, it spawned the, you know, incredible Prom Night franchise. <laughs> which I, I knew that there was three. I was obviously <laughs> familiar with Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, but I had no, and I knew three existed, but I had no clue that there was a fourth one. The, there's, a, there's a fucking fourth one? Yeah. There's a fourth one, yes. Is that the last one, or did they make five? <laughs> well, they remade it. So, for uh, for you guys, and for all that are listening, there was Prom Night, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss, Prom Night 4, Deliver Us From Evil, and finally, Prom Night, the remake, 2008. Which we saw. In was that 2007? Or was it, was, it 2008? It was 2008. No shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Prom Night, I, you know, watched it in 5th or 6th grade, and I loved it. So, Jamie Lee's, you 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 were dropping some some nuggets, uh, and I think I'd heard this before, but you had, you had at least said it in tonight, that this is the first movie that Jamie Lee actually made some scratch off from. Yeah, apparently, and I, I want to say, because by the time she did this, slasher movies were coming We're out in like full force, yeah. One after the other, and I think this one, she made a name for herself by the time she did Prom Night. She was in Halloween and The Fog by the time Prom Night came out. 
Plus, Leslie Nielsen was in it, and he was kind of a name at the time, too. So For sure. There was just enough draw to get people to go see this movie. Even the same year was Airplane 81. Was Airplane 81? Prom not, did it Airplane? Airplane was 80. Airplane was 1980. So this is the same year. I mean... I thought Airplane came out in the 70s. Nope, came out in 1980. But, um, so this had to have played in right around that time, too, because Airplane was fucking huge it came out july 2nd 1980 so that had to have played in because airplane honestly before airplane like obviously i wasn't around at the time but growing up my first exposure to leslie nielsen was definitely airplane yeah for me it's definitely his comedy movies then when i finally watched prime night i'm like wow this is kind of you're like oh shit he's in that like nielsen obviously into obviously prom night being a classic, but in Creepshow as well, like two horror classics. Did you say it came out in July 1980? The Airplane. So they both, both of these movies came out in July of 1980. Yeah, this one came out a few weeks later. So Which one made more money? Oh, definitely Airplane. Probably. <laughs> definitely <laughs> Airplane. Um, so, I, yeah, that couldn't do nothing but help it at the time, too. But, um, so that's interesting, too, because we get Jamie Lee, obviously, her breakout role as Laurie Strode in 1978's halloween with jc does J, a jc film again what year was was terror train 81 the fog prom night and terror train all came out in 80 in 80 yeah, 80, yeah. Mm-hmm. well what a fucking run she had in the in 1980 i mean that's pretty uh that's pretty impressive right there but that's why they called her the screen queen and now she shit and then she shit on it which after <laughs> watching her dance in the disco thing and you and i shared She's no longer shitting on the genre. I know, no. She's come back full circle. Okay, but yeah, you were about to mention how embarrassing the dancing is. The dancing in this. But before we get into that, if if you could give our listeners, even if they have seen Prom Night, um, and we're going to cover Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night too as well, but give the listeners a brief synopsis of what to expect if they've never seen Prom Night. You know, an IMDb you know, four sentencer or something. Okay, so there's, like, a bunch of dumbass little kids who break into... I don't... They probably didn't have to break in. This abandoned building, as we all would have done at that age. I want to say, like... We definitely did. Sixth graders, maybe. Um, and they're, they're playing a game, and outside, there's also these other kids, and one of them decides to go in and join the game. Like, she's a little younger. She seems a little off, right? Yeah, Maybe definitely. on the spectrum no, somewhere? No, definitely. So she tries to play the game with them, and they all, like, turn on her and play a prank on her, and she falls out a window and dies. And then Leslie Nielsen, her father, is like, oh, well, she must have been sexually assaulted. <laughs> that's just child, an immediate assumption of sexually yeah, assault. Which, you know, sadly, that's the world we live in. Uh, fuck, brief synopsis. Six years later, <laughs> they're all teenagers. Jamie Lee Curtis by the way, is the older sister of the girl that died. And she happens to be friends with some of the kids that killed her on accident. They all vowed never to speak about this again, kind of like the more well-known I know what you did last night. Right. And now the people who had to do with her death are being stalked, harassed, threatened by the guy who's basically like, you know, you killed her, now it's your turn. (laughs) And they're just trying to get ready for their prom, you know? I think they all end up with dates. They, yeah. They don't all have dates at the beginning, but good for them. They all have dates by the time they go to prom. Um, and then they get killed off one by one by the killer. 
That's in a nutshell. A brief synopsis. Yes. So we got to talk about some of these characters. Well, one, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, obviously, as stunning as ever, and is definitely, like, a well-known face. And Yeah, I gotta say, you know, we give her shit sometimes, but she's got that it factor. No, she definitely does. She's, you know, very... She stands out. She's got a personality. For sure. Now, the kid with the unibrow, how would that kid get a date at all? He's got... He is just... He's a wreck-up from the neck-up. Well, it's the bad boy thing. And so if you have a unibrow and you're a dickhead, you're still going to be our... <laughs> but I don't think, you know, no female in the movie was actually interested in him. The only reason Wendy went to the prom with him is because... She felt sorry? No. Because <laughs> she couldn't go to the prom with Nick, who is dating Jamie Lee Curtis. And she hooked up with this guy so they could, like, pull a prank and get back at him. Mm. Yeah. So... There's a lot of, for some reason, 1980 was still the tail end of the disco era. So there's the, it's a disco themed prom, number one. Hell yeah. Number two, uh, there's a lot of horrific dancing. And I feel like there's just not no good way for anybody to dance to disco. But at least women don't look terrible. Guys look completely goofy dancing to anything white guys especially white guys um i try not to judge people too harshly when it comes to dancing (laughs) because i'm no john travolta Um, i don't know but that bt you're no fred astaire but so how awkward and weird is the dance sequence that goes on way too long between jamie lee and the dude so for me personally like i recognize that it's cringy and ridiculous but it brings me so much joy watch do you think that she looked back watched this film and and that's when she decided to completely shit talk <laughs> or no because following her on instagram i've learned that this woman has no shame <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. she um you're throwing more shade on her than i ever have and i love it no i just don't think she feels embarrassed about anything you know she has money she has tits she has she a legacy she has a talented husband she who... has activia she Isn't that what it was called? Made a lot of money off that, yeah. So I personally, but if I think she was embarrassed by anything, it would, yes, be this dance scene. Brian, for the audience, should you should you let them know in a video that we're going to post later the exact dance moves that Jamie Lee was doing? No, because I just, I can't replicate it. I don't think anybody can. It's pretty impressively And bad. I don't even think I could try. Like, the closest I could do would maybe be a chicken dance sort of situation. <laughs> now, I mean, it gets it gets revealed who the killer is. But at any point, like, I think this is a fun movie. I think, I, I, have, a, I have fun watching it. And today was honestly the first time I'd watched it in a long time. Probably nearly ten years. But, and I understand the allure of it but i i don't think it's as influential as something like my bloody valentine it to me to me to me absolutely not and i don't think it has that level of okay because i favoritism either because i feel Um, like maybe it was uh with the the way williamson dropped it in the script and scream it was mm -hmm. so like revered because it was mentioned several times and i think in my mind and just talking to other fans that it was held in a little bit higher regard, and 
It, so I wasn't sure if others viewed it in that higher regard next to, say, you know, the burning My Bloody Valentine. I hold those in much higher regard than Prom Night. Yeah, I think pro- people like Prom Night. Yeah, yeah, um, Prom Night's great. I think it it just comes from that time when slasher movies were right. always so And great. it's Jamie Lee. Yeah, and I think Kevin Williamson was a fan of it, um, obviously. I think a lot of that was put into I Know What You Did Last Summer and then a little bit into Scream, the whodunit back then. Now, do you think if Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't in this, do you think it would be even lesser of an appeal? Yes. It would have less of an appeal? Yes. <laughs> she brings um, a lot of appeal to this movie, for sure. Yeah, I mean, she gets you to watch it. But I think, I like it. I like the slow build-up where you, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot more character development than you would get in another teen slasher from that period which might have also been a thing for kevin williamson he likes teen drama he did dawson's creek 1980 and 1981 are so jam-packed with slasher movies like some of the best of the best and and not not to throw uh prom night out to the dogs or anything but like there's just so many great ones from 1980 and 81 we got terror train you got prom night. You have, you know, in eighty one you got the burning, you got the fog, in eighty you got, you know, you got Friday the thirteenth, obviously, like arguably the second biggest slasher behind Halloween. Like there's just so many of these films. The slasher was just such in full effect after and I can't think of any seventy nine ones, but I think it took like that eighteen month build mm-hmm. for Halloween to really sink in. And then people started writing, coming up with ideas, and then it slowly led into, like, the camp slasher, which there was many, obviously, we get, uh, we get so many, like, Madman, and, and The Burning, and there's just so much going on as far as the slasher genre. Now, this one probably, because it came out in July of 80, it, it comes out after, um, it comes out after Friday the 13th. But there was definitely, there was definitely, I think, some influence that this movie holds. I mean, just enough into Kevin Williamson's world where he drops it. And you can definitely, you pointed out the scream, the influence that you can see of Prom Night in Scream. Like, Mm -hmm. full bore. Yeah, and this is something that never occurred to me until tonight. But there's a certain way that Ghostface as a killer is portrayed that you don't often see. Right. And Prom Night's the only other example I can think of now where when he's running at you, he's a little clumsy. Like, he'll fall over, it's, but he'll get back up. He's a human. He's, there's yeah. not, he's not pure evil. He's not a robot, you know. Yeah. So, some killers seen one too many movies. Like, he'll trip just as much as the girl he chases is tripping. Mm-hmm. But it's still scary because he's a killer. Yeah. Oh, I wish I thought of a better sentence than that. But, and I gotta say... Am I are, am I being coherent? Yeah. I know. I just wanted to hear it. Yeah, you are. Um. So, Wendy's chase scene. I don't know if this is a thing among all horror fans, but I've noticed among... You know I'm very connected to the queer horror Right, of course. We love chase scenes for some reason. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's chase scene, and I know what you did last summer. One of the greatest horror sequences of all time. And... Tara Reed's chase scene in Urban Legend. Mm-hmm. And this is 
Wendy's in, in uh, Prominent, I think, was a big influence on Sarah Michelle Gellar's chasing, and I know what you did last summer. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, you can... The chase scene, I think, is is exciting. I don't think it's limited to just gay horror fans, but... I don't think uh, it is either. It's just we're the only ones I've seen talk ta- about ta- it. Point it out. In great detail. Yeah. I mean, so. maybe because you guys might have a little bit more going on intellectually upstairs and the rest of us are just like tits and blood, tits yeah, and I blood. Don't, I don't think it's that. Show I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. But, um, yeah, it's... It's do you put would you put this with either one of you guys, Sean? You can chime in here. Hello. I mean, I mean it's influential, but not as influential as other films. It's there in the the pantheon of slasher films, but it's probably not top five slasher films no, to I'm, many. I wouldn't even put this in my top ten. Did well, we do a top ten a, slasher films ever? Many. We did, yes. Um, and I don't, I don't think Prom Night was in on yeah, any of our lists. It might have been in mine, but I don't think it was. Well, what a so, But I don't think it was. What it was that supposed to mean? And that's not to that's that's not to discredit it. Um, I just think that it may have been a victim of timing too. Like it may have been able to cultivate maybe a a better story. Not that the story was terrible, but it was a little. It was a little plain Jane. Again, it may be a victim of its of its time and its birth. If it would have came out in '83, could we have gotten you know a little bit something different? Who knows? I mean, we're we're making prom night sound like a sad little victim. It it made money and it has a nice cult. Yeah, yeah, no, for it's sure. Just, we all know that it's not like the best. Right, right. Um, like, I enjoy. And that's how I was saying that. Not by any fault of its own. Not because it's like. Truly, an inferiorly, an inferior movie in the fact that like how it was made or anything like that. Yeah. I just think some of the things that people really like about slasher films didn't really come until like another year, eighteen months after this came out. So, and this is unrelated to what you were literally just saying, but I do, I did think it might be one of the first slashers where the killer is motivated by like sort of a prank that happened in the past it wasn't really a prank but it was a game that resulted in slaughter high but also terror train came yeah, out say, didn't terror train also have the same yeah i think prom night came out before terror train but i don't think it was enough time before for terror train to have right. seen prom night and be like oh we gotta copy that right but I, I think it just prom night just happens to be part of a long lineage and I, it could be so much worse, really. There's so many... Yeah, it's not a bad film at all. Like I said, I think any any gripes I have with like the story or setting is simply just because... It's just a simple slasher horror film. Yeah, yeah. And I, think, and I do think that it has merit in the genre and it has staying power. But like I said, I think a lot of that is due to Jamie Lee Curtis. I'll give her the bulk of the credit for that being as, as the drawing point for it. But Well, can we talk about Seymour Korean, a.k.a. Slick? Yes. What a great character. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, they end up making three sequels. And this one, I honestly think I've heard more fandom for this one. I mean, besides yourself and maybe uh, Diana Prince, Darcy the Mail Girl. Because um, she has talked about how much she loves this film. But the sequel to it, uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Now, this is a film... That could easily have not had the prom night title at all in it and stood on its own. And I think that may have hurt the movie in the long run because if it wasn't called Prom Night 2, 
I think that more people would be open to being like, hey, like curtains. Like if curtains was called like fucking the Burning Two or something, just because they wanted to call it the Burning Two, it doesn't. Other than like the setting of the high school, doesn't really have anything to do with the first prom night. It would be like that. It'd be like calling curtains the Burning Two or something. Yeah, but I mean, for a movie to be called Prom Night, the only real qualification is that it should it's take bit, place on prom, prom night, night yeah. which is exactly how i feel about yeah. halloween three by the way there you go so i don't but the i mean i know this isn't what you're saying i just um and you know what now that i think about it i've never seen this criticism with prom night two that i have with halloween three there's like a huge call following for prom night two not a single one of them says oh they should they just shouldn't have called it prom night no one says that surprisingly right but everyone you're says like the that. you're the first one to say that about prom night too yeah probably not but i mean the but, first that i've heard i mean and then something like halloween but, 3 gets tore up and down because yeah. of it obviously it's because halloween is much more beloved uh, yeah much more iconic uh like, iconic killer iconic iconic everything but, but i i want to say thank god it's called prom night too because i don't know if there was just a random movie called hello mary lou i don't know if i would have rented it um, actually, the original, like, script title was The Haunting at Hamilton High or something, something okay. like that. Yeah. So did it not, the original title, was that a working title or was that going to be actually, the true title? So let me get this guy's name real quick. Okay. okay because it'd be really rude for me to know. Now this one came out in 1987, so this comes out about seven years after the original release, and this one goes in more of a supernatural element it doesn't really have a whole lot of connective tissue to the first one other than the high school of hamilton high school um so they will go a different route with this sequel and they go more supernatural there's more special effects i mean obviously we're seven years into the 80s so the special effects and the makeup effects are are all the buzz so you want to have that in there but i like that they went supernatural with this one and they went a little off the cuff and i think that adds to it being like oh well it's a prom it's prom night too but it's a completely different style of movie yeah so the information i just got well i knew but i you know had to make sure ron oliver wrote the haunting of hamilton high one and two which ended up being prom night two and three gotcha like he wrote them both before prom night two was even made gotcha but and apparently it was a coincidence that it took place at Hamilton High, the name of the high school from the original prom night, and it just happened to have the line, it's not who you go with, it's who takes you home, which was said in the original prom night. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was always meant to be a prom night sequel, he just didn't even realize it. So, so. this one comes out seven years later. Uh, like I said, not a lot of connective tissue to the first one, other than the, the high school namesake. But if you could again, Brian... Uh, appease us and give us a quick synopsis on hello mary lou prom night two so mary lou's a fucking slut she's in 1957 yeah 1957 i mean that's what she would be called back then i just think she knows what she wants and she a floozy she knows what she wants and a silly heart and i think that's great she goes to the prom with bill nordham he's kind of a, a doofus but he treats her right he gives her a pin i think or a ring right yep so anyway I th- he goes to get her fucking punch and when he gets back to the table she's gone and then some guy tells oh she's you know behind the stage with this fucking guy um his name is um buddy buddy and she's back there like 
almost having sex with this guy. So obviously, Bill's pissed. Wouldn't you be pissed, Jesse? Definitely. Sean? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Because I want to so, sex with buddy. <laughs> then, Bill gets a stink bomb from these other guys. Can you? Can everyone hear me? <laughs> yeah, you aren't can. able to tell me right now, but okay. So, Mary Lou wins the title of prom queen. Before she can get her crown, though, Bill tosses down a stink bomb, which he did not suspect would catch her dress on fire, and she would burn up into flames and die. So then we jump 30 years later, we meet this girl, Vicky Carpenter, who is nominated for prom queen, and she eventually... I'm just going to cut to the chase. She gets haunted (laughs) by, and then eventually possessed by, the spirit of Mary Lou, who has come back to get revenge and to finally get her crown that she deserves you're welcome now how did you feel upon seeing this and was there any kind of i mean because this one is i feel like this one's uh a little bit easier of a watch than the first one not that the first one is a hard watch but this one is a little more a little goofier and a little more 80s cheese so it was a little easier of a watch for me yeah so i think prom night 2 has this style and aesthetic and this vibe that was very specific to the time it came out like nightmare on elm street one two three had come out and it i think it very much has the vibe of those films for sure um with also like a little bit of carrie with the religious mom and um can't think of anything else but were you asking what i first thought of it when i first watched it was that in there somewhere yes okay well i'm pretty like where did you sit with it being so different than like say the first one well i think you know judging by the vhs cover and i don't know if i had read the back but i don't think there was any expectation for me for it to have anything to do with the first one i think i knew that going in so i was able to just enjoy it for what it was and I gotta say, I do prefer it to the first one. Took me a while, because, you know, there's stuff I love about the first one, there's stuff I love about the second one. They're totally different types of horror Big films. Big time, yeah. But I think, I, do, I mean, I definitely have more fun with the second one. And with the, here's one that we were, we already discussed the first one. Yep. Uh, but one thing that really bugs me about it is the pacing. And it's not just because it takes an hour before we get a death scene. But there's a whole subplot about the cops trying to catch this guy that escaped and he, he was a child molester or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this would... It goes nowhere. Like, I get it. He was... You were supposed to think maybe he's the killer, but the fact that you spent so much time on the subplot that is for no reason... Right. That doesn't happen when prominent to you. Everything is necessary, and if it's not necessary, it's awesome. Like the rocking chair. The rocking horse. <clears throat> yeah, that's what... So, I have to agree with you that I think this is a much easier watch than the first one. And when I say that, that's not to slight Prom right. Night, the, the original. The first one is, is good for what it is. But this one, I feel like, is just got that 80s element that I really, like, have always attached, like, my likings to. Like, there's special effects. It's a little bit faster moving. Um, and, it's, and it's a little bonkers, too. Yeah, uh, that's what... That's the main thing is it's just so like crazy. The rocking that locker room scene. Oh yeah. Like 
um, the the prom scene where I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Should I spoil it or should I not? You're the go. Yeah, I mean, spoil away. Okay. I gotta so, feel like a movie this old. It, the spoiler should be Yeah, yeah, domain. exactly. It's it's off the table. So when like fifty year old Bill shows up and he shoots Vicky because she's possessed by Mary Lou, and then Mary Lou just decides, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna punch my way out of this dumbass's body. And then, you know, like, this, the special effects are cheesy, but, like, zombie Mary Lou coming out of Vicky's body, and then it gets a little, like, hairy. Oh, big time. That yeah. scene's awesome. I actually enjoyed that, you know, what little I saw of the second movie. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you've never, you walked in, Sean, while we were watching this, <laughs> and you had never, you've never seen the movie, right? I have not. I can't believe I've never, like, made you watch it. All those Which I'm surprised because... Usually you tell me you're like sit down, fat boy. We're watching this film. You're like you're not exactly. <laughs> I'm all like, yes, exactly. sir. I wish you actually said that to Sean because that would have been funny. But um, I wish you'd just call us both fat boy from now on. Um, so yeah, this like I said, I I am kind of like I always liked prom night, and I was just like, I'm sure prom night too is a fucking it isn't you know gonna isn't gonna make me i think it's i think it's a mile better like a country mile better than prom night as far as entertainment value and what i was looking for and how i liked it and, and i like it and i i own prom night obviously i don't own any of the prom night sequels but i'm gonna pick them up now i mean personally i think the second one's the best and after that it's downhill but there is there's a following for prom night three i don't know if you know this but prom night three is also about mary lou yeah, well, you had said that they were written back-to-back. Oh, I did say that. Okay. But I... Yeah, I don't like Prom Night 3, really, but you might enjoy it more than me. And Prom Night 4... I mean... I mean we're, we're here to talk about Prom Night 1 and Well, 2. something that I really liked about Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou, is that the effects were pretty decent in it, and they were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. and it very creative yeah really creative actually like i feel like maybe maybe more so than i would have ever expected so that was like a surprise and a, a pleasant one at that for me so this was it was really cool to see them kind of take that obviously the supernatural element go that extra mile to like make it that much different um because it isn't like a, a reality-based slasher at this point like it's it's out there and they have a whole new like storyline and and like I said, the effects are pretty good, they're pretty fun, and it just gets it gets goes bonkers. And I kinda like that. And it's eighty seven, so like it's in the midst of bonkers eighties horror movies and cheese horror movies. And I think this is this is a, a movie, like I said, I had seen bits and pieces of it. I never watched it in full until tonight. So for me to watch it and just and to for me to go away and say that I think it was better than prom night, like I think that's that's a win in my book. I, I think it's awesome. I feel like I won tonight. Yeah, I mean did you think I would we were gonna have this conversation? I was gonna tell you how much more I like prom night too than, than the first prom night? Yeah, I kinda so when you said you had never seen the whole thing, it made sense to me. Because I always was confused why you didn't love prom night too as much as me. Well, and you confuse no more. You, you are. You usually like laughed it off when I talk about it, and I'm like, no, I definitely did because I. So <laughs> I figured it would be like a go- goofy in a way that I would be like, oh my god, that was, 
Mm-hmm. But it was goofy in a good way for me. So when you said that, and I asked you, I think this morning, I didn't. I asked you this morning, right? If I could bring over prom night two, and if we yep. could have a double feature, and I'm like, okay, tonight's the night. Tonight is the night. So yeah, it's like I said, it's uh it's one that I'm glad you brought over, and I'm glad I finally sat down and and watched. So it was, it was, it's a fun one because it is so different. And like I said, if it's had a completely different name, uh, I think people would be talking about it even more. I think the cult following for it would be a little larger because I think people maybe that maybe feel the way I do where prom night is like good, but it doesn't knock your socks off. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to see prom night too. Uh, I mean, eventually I would have probably seen Mary Lou, uh, hello, Mary Lou prom night too. But it wasn't on my to-do list. Obviously, it took me until I was 34 years old to actually watch it. So it, I'm glad I did. I'm glad you brought it over because this one is highly entertaining and much more entertaining than I anticipated for a, a, a sequel to, to, prom, to Prom Night that comes seven years after the fact. Usually, when they wait that long, not that seven years is an eternity. It's not like, uh, it's not like doing a Dumb and Dumber sequel. Um yeah. But Top Gun Maverick. I mean, Top Gun Maverick's getting rave reviews right now, buddy. So I'm, I'm just saying, I'm like Dumb and Dumb it, too. it's a long, long time after the first one. That's yes, yes, for sure. So I mean, where does this? So you said, as I did, that this you think this is better than than the first. I mean, do you think this has got to be a sediment that other fans of the two movies feel as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Most of what I've seen is people like Prom Night 2 better than the first one, which I think me being like the asshole that I am is why I resisted saying that I preferred the second one. Got you. Well, it's not it's not just that I resisted saying it. It's that I wasn't sure which one I liked better because I do like that really simple slasher vibe that the first one has, but I'm a Nightmare on Elm Street type person at heart. As as am I. This as Sean is not. This more this is more of that vibe, but with like, you know, like the horror movie, like the character that's supposed to be the slut. Imagine if she was like the Freddy Krueger of the movie, and that's Prom Night too. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Ron Oliver's gay, by the way. That explains a lot. Okay, go on. Um. I think, but. To a degree, I think there is with like women that direct movies, I think, or, or write movies or have their hand in it. I think it is good, especially in these movies or anything that like, I mean, we're going to be talking, we're going to be doing a legacy week for Fast Times at Richmond High in about a month. So with that, that's directed by a female. We have, you know, just one of the guys directed by a female. Um, it. I think when you have different, when you have movies that are like that, that are like sex comedies or even like horror movies, especially of the eighties that were more like new, nudie, you know, cheese, fun, goofy, or, you know, tits and gore type stuff. I think it adds and it softens the blow for people that don't like those movies or just have a, a gripe with them when there is say, uh, someone that's gay has their hand in them too so it's not it's saying like listen these movies aren't just made by 
masculine, you know, straight guys. They're not written by just masculine straight guys or they're not directed by just masculine straight guys. I think it adds uh, flavor and softens the blow of the criticism of these movies. When you have females that are directing raunchy sex comedies, when gay men are helping write or direct movies, I think it gives people, it doesn't let people box them into being like, that movie is exploiting women because they have nude women in it. Or that, you know, mm -hmm. th this is just tits and gore and stuff like that. Can you really give those criticisms to a movie if it was written by a gay man? Yeah. yeah. Could you really give those, <laughs> could you really give those criticism? But I'm, well, you know what I'm saying? It softens yeah. the blow because it's not just like, you know, a guy with fucking, he's like, yeah, he's, these girls, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they're well, not all Danny Steinman Dirty Birds from Friday Part 5. I mean, I, as a gay man, wrote Birthday Party Massacre when I was about 12 years old. And that was very exploitative of men and women. So, well, we can... I, I think diving into this, not to, not to get too far into it, but I have read in the past, read, like, criticisms about Scream and stuff like that. And they don't realize who wrote... Like, because they, they said well, Scream... They were saying that, I mean, this it's the same shit that they said about, I mean, this is a while ago, but I had read something saying that, like, Scream doesn't empower women the way that, you know, they try to paint it. They paint women as, like, easy targets that can be just stalked by men and, and picked off and blah, 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 which I don't think that's true at all. I'd never got that from Scream. I mean, Sidney Prescott has literally lasted it now this point for four sequels. Like, and Gail. And Gail. Um, and I think those movies, but also these are the same people that tried to write off, uh, Friday the 13th films as being like super sexist and stuff like that. When a female survives almost every single time, there's a final girl, there's a collection of final girls from the Friday films. Yeah. I mean, you could look at the Friday the 13th films either way, but I, I agree with you. I, um, I just, like I said, I, I just think I hate being like, I hate enjoying a certain film that has the aesthetics of like gore of nudity and things like that, especially from the in era, like the eighties, the golden age of horror. Um, and having it be kind of written off because you know, it's just, just a bunch of straight, like, like toxic male guys that are writing and directing these films. So I like that a movie, like just one of the guys, I mean, since we're talking, you know, prom season, we just covered that uh, a movie, like just one of the guys comes out and it isn't super raunchy, but it has like some, you know obviously some some sex crazed teenagers in it especially the brother of buddy of terry in that movie but and i think it softens the blow when you get a, a female director because can you really tear down a tear down females and, or tear down males and talk about how like bad that movie is and how it was saying that like this and that when it was a female that was directing it, a female that was put in the highest position on a film set to direct a movie like that. I think that's yeah. awesome. And I think that's why movies like Pet Cemetery, I think, obviously no nudity in Pet Cemetery, but where something like Pet Cemetery, I don't think, I mean, and there's a million ways that could have went because George was supposed to initially be attached to it to direct it. But I think that movie has a certain quality and a certain vulnerability and a certain aesthetic and style that i don't know if anybody else could have brought to it other than mary lambert and maybe that was a mother quality too having a, someone who was a mother play the mother 
and which is interesting because it's all kind of focused around Lewis Creed and his actions. But I'm getting di- deep into the weeds. But I'm just saying that like these movies, especially horror. If I had never mentioned that Ron Oliver was gay, the past no, five- I think this is a good this is a good topic no, and, and good sub good thing to throw out there. Like I like that because then you know it shows that there's fans of every sexual orientation, every gender, every creed, whatever you want to say. Like that are fans of these movies, and it's not just like the toxic male that's uh, a fan of, of goofy, cheesy '80s, you know, scantily clad tits and gore movies. Like everybody enjoys, especially you know, in the horror genre. I feel like the '80s are so revered because it's so fun and lighthearted, and I think people mm-hmm. take it too serious sometimes and don't realize that it's a very inclusive club. Well, and a lot of to add to that when we're talking about the straight men um a lot of the times you'll see an awesome slasher movie from that era then you'll watch it with commentary and find out that the director was not a fan of slasher movies only did it right because that's what was making money at the Mm -hmm. time and when usually you'll find out that like the gay guy for example who wrote prom night 2 or a woman were legitimate fans of the genre i'm not saying they're only they're the only ones who were fans of the genre but Back in the 80s, a lot of men directed slasher films because it's what was making money. Yeah, for sure. But also a lot of women back then directed movies because they wanted to break into the business. Yeah. Like, Slumber Party Massacre, we, we all know it was directed by a, woman. by a woman. Yeah, and she was just trying to break into the business. Which and, is... <laughs> but, I mean, I think she enjoyed what she was doing. Right, right. But also the... I. Maybe the only reason there was nudity in the movie is because it was a Roger Corman produced right. film and it was required. But at the but at the same time, mm-hmm. which I love that about Roger Corman, uh, mm-hmm. the king of independent cinema, if there yeah. ever was one. But um, I I think it's hard. What I'm saying is like it's hard to. I think it it's harder to get down and try to accuse someone of being, you know, like a all oh, the the straight male is, you know, the enemy, and that's why these movies are made and things like that. I don't think anybody other than Kevin Williamson could have came up with the script for Scream, much like I don't think anybody could have directed it the Absolutely. way West did. And I think having maybe those, the a deeper layer of understanding of, of things that, like, someone that's straight like me didn't have kind of issues with, struggling with sexuality or, or coming out or anything like that i think those undertones do lay in yeah. scream so and you know things like scream that he wrote somewhere in there and obviously with cursed i mean yeah and that's a little more that's evident obviously yeah yes. but like i kind of love that like i can relate to someone who's gay that wrote a movie like that or i can relate to a woman because ultimately can if you want you can bash slumber party massacre all day no, you, you no, I'm saying like these people, they can try to bash it all day. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, are you going to call all the women that were in it, like make fun of them or say like, or these women were exploited or anything like that. When the director, when, when you had someone in power, the highest position on a film set was a female. Like, is that not a yeah. win for the female? Albeit, yes. If Corman did have it 
in the contract that there had to be nudity in it. Understandably, yes, but at the some at some point you sign away and say, "Okay, I'll do this." Yeah. But did it not? Was it not a success? And but I also, think also in all three Slumber Party Massacres, nudity was required. But there were certain actresses who agreed and certain actresses who didn't, and it's not like the actresses yeah. who didn't agree. Yeah, and they, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't, and they didn't kick them off. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So I think uh, I think this is a good conversation to have, and I think it's all inclusive, and I think the slasher genre is healthier for conversations like this not that any not that every anyone besides you know 40 people are listening to this but uh regardless yeah prom night prom night 2 check them out uh prom night 2 has some nudity that it does the first one kind of does but not yeah it's very mild yeah prom night 2 is a great nudity sequence it's it's a it's a full bore 80s with gore special effects nudity goofiness cheese and entertainment you love it whether you've seen it or not if you haven't seen it you should watch it to understand why you love it exactly so yeah hello mary lou prom night too better than prom night um (laughs) so uh so yeah hopefully there's a blu-ray release obviously no blu-ray blu-ray obviously synapse release a prom night on blu-ray yeah the dvd was uh released by mgm yep so i'm assuming mgm owns the rights which means Lionsgate, Scream Factory should be able to obtain it. it out because they've done so many MGM, and they've films. also put out way lesser known and relevant films. Yeah, but I'm I'm guessing maybe there must be something up with the rights, because, or maybe they're working on it right now. Who knows? Because I wonder if the original negatives like fucked up, or they don't have an original negative, and maybe that's why. It's possible, but. You know, what I've learned is I bet I made a whole post on Facebook, I'm reminded every year, about the perfect carry Blu-ray that I want Scream Factory to do, and then they ended up releasing it, which means they were already working on it when I made that post. And then the same thing happened with Candyman. So I can only assume now Scream Factory's working on it. Hello, Mary Lou. They just can't announce it, you know, until... Maybe they'll announce it on your birthday for you, buddy maybe let's hope thank you sean well all right everyone you can listen to us on apple podcast spotify we are at heart guy media on instagram and twitter you can check us out there comment on the posts yeah let us know how we did um this is probably gonna wrap up prom season so i think we did these two and we did just one of the guys i think that'll be good we're not gonna do carrie we could do carrie at some point kind of a downer what the movie or yeah. the fact that we're not doing <laughs> Carrie? <laughs> Both. See all the above. Um, I mean, we definitely have to do Carrie, but with that, um, we're gonna do a 40th episode anniversary on ET. Either one of you guys got a any interest in being on that one? Well, I know he doesn't. I hate that movie. Why do you hate ET? I just don't like it. But I'll give it a rewatch and I'll do it. I I, I like I love I like. I mean, it's a it's a landmark film as far as I Spielberg. Love ET. You know, I've only yeah, seen I, it. I give it credit for you know what he did, but like maybe on. hold on, Sean. Now I feel like you need to rewatch it and truly rewatch it, not just sit on your phone the entire time. Well, I don't social media anymore. So, so we can get a true, so we can get a 2022 Sean review on ET. Yeah, even if you hate it, just watch That'll it. That'll be something for us to in. discuss as yeah. to why you don't like it. You guys it. will be sucking his dick, and they're like, yeah, this movie's so what? No. We did a... I'm sorry, you're, you were trying to wrap up. No, no, go ahead. Um, we did... I think we did some podcast where I was the only one who didn't like the movie. And it was fun. 
to have that one person. I mean, as the one person, I think that was fun. Well, we're going to do that, and we're so, also going to do... I think it was Halloween Kills. Might have been. Okay. We're also going to do uh, Legacy Week on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Obviously, tons to talk about with that one. So, yeah, you can check us out on the socials, listen. Uh, Anchor is the host site. Links in the bios of Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check us out. Yeah, this is uh, concluding prom season, as it were. Um, yeah, check out Just One of the Guys. That came out last week. Uh, Eric and I covered that. And yeah, we just did Prom Night, Prom Night 2. So check it out uh, and have uh, a, a, a mother effing blast. <laughs> <laughs>